Holding my chest. My legs and hands. Silence. Feeling the pressure. What? She was a fraud. It's a million bloody degrees out there. Oh, wind. I'm sorry if I said anything awful. Blessed lambs of God. Why hadn't he got up to chop the capsicums? I was never a good reader. Ah, Immaculately bland. Anyway, it looks like... What do we do with this now? You're not even supposed to use the word fat. Boys like girls. When we were very young... I was back home in Norwich. Square Sound. You're listening to the audiobook podcast for the makers and listeners of audiobooks. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Audiobook Podcast. I'm Abby Holmes and together with Justine Sloan-Lees, hi Justine, hi. we discuss what goes on behind the stories in the production of audiobooks. So our latest conversation brings together author Elizabeth Coleman and narrator Caroline Lee, talking about the writing life, the ever-rising popularity of audiobooks and of the romance genre, and the work that goes into narrating an audiobook. Elizabeth found success in the 1990s with her play Secret Bridesmaids Business, which toured nationally and was later adapted into a tally movie by the ABC. She went on to co-create and write the ABC series Bed of Roses and has screenwriting credits across the whole smorgasbord of Australian television series of the past 20 years, including most recently Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. She has just published her first novel, Losing the Plot, And while Caroline was here in the booth recording the audiobook, we invited Elizabeth along to be part of it. Caroline Lee has been acting since she was a teenager. In fact, I recently re-watched the mid-80s Australian film Dogs in Space and saw a very young Caroline in the role of Jenny the Hippie. She works extensively in the Melbourne independent theatre scene and is well known as an audiobook narrator with many, many titles under her belt. What Caroline doesn't know about audiobook narration is simply not worth knowing. So let's hear what she and Elizabeth have to share with us. So I've just finished narrating your wonderful book, Losing the Plot, which was a really great pleasure uh, reading it and narrating it. And just wondering if you could give us a really quick summary of the book. Losing the Plot is about an underconfident dental nurse called Vanessa, about 39 years old, and she's dumped by her husband and finally plucks up the courage to fulfil a lifelong dream of writing a romance novel, only to discover to her horror that her novel, after having been knocked back by the publisher, has been plagiarised by her writing idol, Charlotte Lancaster. (gasps) Yes, poor Vanessa. And Vanessa's (laughs) forced, she's very underconfident, she's forced to fight against the injustice, and in doing that, she sort of has to confront some demons of her own and grows and becomes self-empowered and in the process finally finds love, but the right kind of love, not the florid, unrealistic kind of love that she was writing about in her romance novel. Yeah. Yes, it's a really wonderful journey she goes on. Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) It's been um, wonderful hearing you. I haven't been here for the whole time, but what I've heard I've loved and I'm dying to hear the rest. How, How did you find the experience? I loved how... One, your characters are really great characters to play. One of the things that I really love about doing audiobooks is that I get to play all the characters. <laughs> so if I'm on stage or if I'm doing some TV or whatever, you know, you get to play one character, mm. but in an audiobook you get to play them all. <laughs> so that's that's a great pleasure and they were really fabulous characters to find. I had a lot of fun with them all, with Vanessa, with Marcus, with Charlotte, Lancaster, you know, mm. um, with Kiri. <laughs> Yes. With Ms. 
as I Bogovich. Um, <laughs> well said. Thank you. <laughs> Not so much fun all the time getting the pronunciation of her name right. Did you yeah. find uh, one character appealed more than another or do you find a specific type of character comes more easily to you? As the narrator and the reader, I'm identifying with the main character. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, even though the chapters are told through the points of view of other characters, I guess it's her journey that led me through the book. And mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's complexity in them all, but I'm really sort of following it through from her point of view and sort of yeah. telling her story. Yeah. Another yeah. aspect of the book that I really loved was the the romance within the romance mm. and the the... <laughs> just the fact that you keep us on our toes. I'm quite a fan of structure. Yes, like I'm interested yes. in how yep. the structure of a mm, work works mm. and I, I found that very satisfying, the romance within the romance. And Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I love the plot of Vanessa's romance novel, <laughs> Lost and Found Heart. It's about a feisty <laughs> Brooklyn cardiac nurse who's assisting in a heart transplant operation when she discovers to her horror that the heart belongs to her fiancé who's been tragically killed in a car crash. Yeah. She faints in the operating theatre, incurring the wrath of the brilliant but arrogant cardiac surgeon, Dr Magnus Madison. And uh, needless to say, over the course of Vanessa's book, they surrender to their sexual chemistry and fall deeply in love. Mm. (laughs) But obviously Vanessa's own love story has quite a different ending to that. (laughs) How much of Vanessa's romance did you write? I have to say I was really tempted to write it all, but I didn't because I had to, you know, stick with the actual book you're writing, Elizabeth. Um, I wrote maybe a chapter or two, but I could have kept going. It was yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I did yeah. a character once who who's called, well, actually I've done her a few times, she's called the Romance Librarian, <laughs> and um, she reads and really enjoys mm-hmm. reading those kinds of romances. Mm-hmm. In fact, one one of my favourite ones was a one set in the jungle. Oh, wow. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Very similar. <laughs> I think it's called The Jungle Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had that one called Passionate Pasadena oh, Ranch. Oh, nice. That yeah. Dave, yeah, the suburban right. solicitor, that's reads right. and he says... He joins a romance book club to try and understand women after Vanessa appears to reject him for reasons in the book. And he's forced to read Passionate Pasadena Ranch and he says it reads like a pile of equine excrement from start to finish. (laughs) (laughs) But some people really enjoy that sort of stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And everybody loves a happy ending, even if they (laughs) pretend that they're too cool to. Um, But I have to say what a pleasure it was to have you do it. Caroline. It was my fantasy to have Caroline Lee perform my book and lived up to all of my hopes and expectations. So thank you very much. It's been wonderful to hear you bring it to life. Thank you. Do you listen to a lot of audio books? I do, actually. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been a much more voracious reader since I started listening to audio books because, you know, you can do it when you're driving, when you're exercising, walking the dogs, you know, housework, whatever. So I would say I consume probably 70 to 80% of my books now by, yeah, by wow. audio. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. I love the flexibility of it. So I guess you get an ear for the sorts of narration that you mm. like. Like, do you find that it varies a lot from book to book? I do find that. And I also, I won't name names, but I know some comic writers and I've listened to their books and I've felt that the narration 
it's such a delicate dance. Yeah, it you know, is. comedy and humour. Yeah, and I have felt that sometimes the narration has let down some of these books that I've read, and that's why I knew that you would absolutely not let down the humour in my book because I've loved the sly humour that you've brought to other books that mm. I've read. Yeah, I'm glad. Thank mm. you. You're welcome. Thank you. And I'm wondering, losing the plot is your first novel, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and. You've written for stage and screen for, you know, years of decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did you always have a secret dream to write a novel? Yes, of course, always. I've actually written an unpublished novel when I was 20. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I've never tried to get it published, and I'm sure it's complete crap. I haven't read it since I was 20. Um, but, yeah, I've just always wanted to do that because it's just you and the work. You know, by the TV's very nature... And theatre's very nature is a collaborative process. And so there's compromise comes in from all quarters, which is, you know, understandable, but it can be a source of frustration. So the idea of just me and the work and everything stands or falls on what I've written without having my work compromised because of budgetary constraints or even weather sometimes can compromise your work when you're writing for television. It's just been lovely to just be me and the characters and I sat in my backyard office making myself laugh silly and fell madly (laughs) in love with Dave and Vanessa and everyone else, so it was great. I loved it. And you didn't, like, in comparison to the collaborative process, you didn't find it lonely? Like, you relished that that solitude with the Yeah, work? no, I do. I relish the solitude. I'm lucky. I know a lot of people don't and would find that difficult. Yeah. But, and it remains to be seen if I just write novels from now on. It remains to be seen if I will find that a bit isolating mm. because I also, you know, between drafts I would write television. Yeah. And, you know, I may well do that again, but... Right now, I have a real hankering for that isolation. Yeah. Really looking forward to the next one. Hungry for the garden room. Yes, exactly. Have you got something planned? Have you got... Yeah, yeah I do. You've I started? Do. Yes. Yeah, only just. Only yeah. just. But, you know, oh, paranoia beautiful. prevents me from... Uh, <laughs> no, no. Don't <laughs> tell us anything about it. No. And would you tell me what do you enjoy most about, apart from the fact that you can do a lot of different characters? What do you like most about doing audiobooks? Well... I think the reasons why I became an actor in the first place was my love of telling stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, it's, in a sense, it's a very pure form of that. It's me telling the story mm, mm. of the book. Mm. And it's a really great pleasure. I mean, I've been a voracious reader since I was a kid because mm. I'm an only child. Mm. And just to get to tell it, just to animate it. I really, I love telling stories, so I really, mm. yeah, that's another, the thing, I think. Another way to do it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And what what do you think is the primary skill needed to narrate an audiobook? What would you suggest to younger actors who wanted to do this as the defining skill that you need or a tactic or approach? Well, I don't know if I would be able to say just one. I guess preparation, preparation, preparation. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite hard, actually, the read that you do in preparation for the book because you get swept along in the narrative mm-hmm. and then you're kind of like, oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> wait a sec, I have to look that up. Or So I'm looking up references yep. that I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. looking up words I don't mm-hmm. know. I have to make decisions. I write copious lists of the characters, mm-hmm. what they're like, a sort of model character might be or a model person like either out of my own life or out of the sort of general populace. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah like so yeah, I might yeah. say, oh, this is like my friend Kate or yeah. 
this one should sound like Russell Crowe or this one, you know, those sorts of things, like making those markers for myself. Mm. And then there might be accents that I have to look up and check on and get what are the primary vowel sounds of that accent or if it's one that I don't know properly. So preparation is essential, isn't it? Massive. It's a hugely important part of it. Massive. Mm. And then there's just the capacity to be able to concentrate for yeah. long periods of well, time. that's true. Yeah. Because it's quite intense yeah, in the booth. Yeah, of course. And yep. then within that concentrating to be able to tell the story. Mm, mm, mm. And, and to be able to tell it at the right pace and the right rhythm and those other technical aspects. So it's actually, it's interesting because when I tell people I do it, quite often people say, oh, my God, I'd love to do that. Yeah. And which is <laughs> just so Just don't want to do the work right. <laughs> well, it's just sometimes I feel like people don't, they, they underestimate what's involved. Yes, yeah, yeah, which is often the case, isn't it? It's funny what you were saying about how you think you, the characters, oh, this reminds me a bit of my cousin Mary or whatever. What happens to me is that I never consciously base a character on anybody but then after it's done, when I'm watching the play on stage or the television show or, in this case, a book, I suddenly go, oh, my goodness, that, <laughs> that's so-and-so. It's <laughs> just not conscious at the oh, time. Well, yeah. that's good because then you can, with a clear conscience, exactly. say, no, no, I did not base that on anybody. <laughs> Nothing to do with me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all my subconscious doing the work, not me. Yeah, it's quite funny. <laughs> I'm just wondering, is there anything that you've like taken away or anything that unexpected has occurred to you from the experience of having your novel turned into the audio book? Oh, absolutely. It's just been amazing because when you write something, I, I always find when I write something they have the voices in my head. I know exactly who this person is. I know exactly how they sound. I know exactly how they would articulate everything. And it's so great to hear a different interpretation that's actually better than what I had in my head. So um, I take that away that uh, just because you put the words on the page, it doesn't mean that the way you hear it in your head is the only way that it can be because, yeah, it sounds much better courtesy of you. (laughs) That's good. I'm glad because I think sometimes it can be a shock for an author who's Mm. had the, the, the sound of it so clearly in their head to hear another version. Oh, yeah, I think it can yeah. be initially, but then yeah. it's like, wow, it's a good shock, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I really look forward to reading the next one whenever it arrives. Thank and you. I look forward to writing the next one. Yeah. <laughs> First. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to the audiobook podcast brought to you by Square Sound. If there's something that we haven't covered in our audiobook series that you'd like to know about, send us a message at studio.squaresound.com.au. The audiobook podcast was produced by Marianne Plaza together with Abby Holmes and Justine Sloan-Lees. With special thanks to all our guest speakers, Square Sound is an audiobook and podcast studio in Melbourne, Australia. Thanks for listening.